Don't sweat the technique. Hey, Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Let's go straight out to the HRMP guest line, being joined by the great Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Lee, how's it going? How was your last weekend? It was good. Um, uh, <laughs> we, we actually had a losing weekend though with our clients. That this happens. is one of the craziest weekends. So what happens is we go six and eight. And that's been the worst. Every other weekend's been eight and four better. How do we go six and eight? Well, it started on Thursday night with West Virginia, the Hail Mary, and ends on Sunday. We had the New England Patriots getting three. They uh, they take a safety in the end zone with about a minute to go in the game. So probably should have been eight and six, but that's what gambling's all about. The gambling gods sometimes they give it and sometimes they take it away. They took them away from us last week, but uh, excited about this weekend. I like the card a lot, and uh, I'm actually going to see my daughter. She's going to be singing the national anthem for the Chicago Bears game on Sunday. Oh, Joe George. Wow, Joe George's favorite team. Yeah, Joe George's All favorite right. team. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, so when you, you guys have – I'm sure you guys have uh, uh, the NFL ticket, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So tune in to the Bears game about 12.50 well, – your time, mm-hmm. and – You'll see a girl with a, with Walter Payton jersey on, oh. and oh, that's Joe. my daughter. So no no booing, and I think after you see her sing, you'll realize that uh, the talent definitely skipped the generation <laughs> in our family. Lee, I'll, I'll do that for you because that's not a game that I was planning on tuning in, but for you Wait, before the game starts, you, I, yeah, okay. I'll just turn it off at kickoff. I'll do that. Okay, uh, let's yeah. start. She with... actually sang the national anthem last year at the Orange Bowl football game. So oh, wow. wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Good that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, let's start with uh, the, this week's slate, this week's docket. Start with some college football going down in Tuscaloosa. Alabama perfect in the SEC. Some people might not realize that. Alabama perfect in the SEC. They're hosting Tennessee. Bama's given eight to the tide roll on Saturday. Yep. Uh, elimination game here. And Alabama, I'm watching this team, and I really haven't seen anything I love all season long. Now, they started off strong. Last week and the week before, nice big leads, but then coasted here. So they're not able to close from what we've seen so far. This Tennessee team has played one bad half. That's it. At Florida, they started coming back in the second half, just didn't have enough time. Last week played a tough Texas A&M team and played smart. You know, that sometimes you can't go for, for the home run all the time. They were waiting this team out, played good special teams and defense. Once they got the error they were looking for, cashed in and, and, and won the game, and that's the most important thing. So I, I just can't lay close to double digits with this Alabama team. They are clearly not the same team we've seen in years of past. So I think Alabama's going to escape here 27-26, but eight points, way, way too much. Lee, a big one here in the state of Texas. It's not just about baseball. It's about college football this weekend, mm-hmm. and it's about the Longhorns from Texas coming to H-Town and taking on the Cougs. I know those Cougs played spoilers for you, but this guy to my right yep. happens to be very, very deeply in love with this Houston football team. How you see this game uh, unfolding? Yeah, Donovan Smith gave the Texas defense fits last year when he was playing for Texas Tech. He, he helped beat the Longhorns. Um, you look at the three-touchdown spread, and, and you can make a case here, I think, for Houston with the points. But building a case around one guy playing on a different team when his old team has already beaten Houston by 21 points, and Houston's defense giving up plus 500 yards 
and Big 12 play so far. So, uh, you know, I, I just have a tough time making a case right. I think Texas is going to be ornery after having that uh, loss here. And, and, and Houston was lucky. I mean, they were saved from having their fourth loss in five games here. I, I think Texas has been stewing over that loss to Oklahoma here. Probably take out uh, uh, some bad feelings here on the Cougs here. Texas, 52, Houston, 21. I love you, Lee, but I hope you're really wrong. I hope that. I'm wrong, but, too. I have some rooting interest there. <laughs> Lee Sterling joining us on the HRMP guest line from Paramount Sports. Uh, make sure you find him. Uh, he's handing out winners. Been hot all football season. Let's switch it over to the NFL. This is my favorite game on the docket. Uh, Texans are off this week. Sunday nighter. You have two former Alabama quarterbacks. One was benched for the other. Hurts versus yep. Tua. A pair of 5-1 and one teams. I don't have a great feel on this game. Philly, the home team, favored by two. Do you have a good feel on this game? Well, I think the Dolphins are really good, but I think in about a month is when they're going to really start hitting their stride. Now, for this game, they're going to be without Armstead, their best offensive lineman, the left tackle, A-Chain, who's been incredible. Their cornerback, Jalen Rams, who hasn't played a game this season, he's already back in practice. He could play as early as next week, and even their slot cornerback, Nick Needham. So these are four key guys will be back in the next couple weeks if they can stay healthy. The Dolphins' offense has been amazing, fastest team we've seen here. Uh, but four of the five victories have been against really lower-level defenses, number 24, the Chargers, 29, the Giants, and the two bottom feeders, number 31, the Carolina Panthers, number 32, the Denver Broncos here. Two defenses held Miami to 20-24 points for the Patriots and the Bills. Philly does have the number one run defense in the league here. Uh, how do you stop an offense? You play keep away. Eagles number two defense in time of possession at over 34 minutes per game. And a couple other things in their favor here. Philly's coming off the loss to the Jets. you got to think eventually. We haven't seen their A or their B game yet this year. And the weather going to be cold. Miami, we haven't had a day where it's been below 74 degrees yet. It'll be low 40s, winds 15 to 20 miles per hour. I think Philly's the right side here, 35-28. South Beach, Chile. Uh, Another game for you, Lee, in the NFL. It's kind of teams that we're still trying to figure out. Baltimore underachieved for the most part this season. Lamar got all the money. OBJ came in. They were supposed to be passing the ball more. They, they they just haven't really set the world on fire against the Lions team that looks like they could be a lot more. Some people obviously thought a lot of them, but this is a team that continues to be on the rise. Goff playing uh, really good football right now, and Detroit-Baltimore is an interesting matchup. Yeah, great point about Jared Goff. I mean, last 17 games, dating back to last year, he's completed almost 68% of his passes for almost 4,500 yards, 29 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. He would be in the discussion for the MVP if you stretch back the last 17 games. And he could be right now this year if they keep rolling. How good are they playing? Well, look at their spread record. That tells you a lot about a team. 14-2 and against the spread last 16 games. The Ravens, 3-9 and against the spread the last 12 times when laying a field goal or more. Uh, they've already lost two games to the Colts and the Steelers, who aren't even in the same league as Detroit here. Uh, this this Baltimore team, just look at, at, at Lamar Jackson. They just read his body language. He just realizes this is not the right offense for him. He's not running enough. They're not moving the pocket enough here. Their running backs are fumbling. 
uh, lead the league and drop passes by the receivers. Detroit, number one in run defense here. Aiden Hutchinson is a big-time star here. I think the wrong team's favorite. Detroit outright 24-17. I like it. That was one of my plays, too. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, joining us on the HRP guest line. There's football tonight as well. A game the Texans fans will be watching closely, and they'll be rooting for the team from New Orleans. This game in the Big Easy, Saints home for Jacksonville. Saints one-point favorites. How do you see this one going tonight? Another team. I just don't like the, the offense this year, and it surprises me. Trevor Lawrence, you would think with getting Calvin Ridley, who was suspended all of last year back, this team uh, was going to be so much better. Hasn't been the case. Now he's possibly even going to play with a uh, a sprained knee, so he can't be 100% here. I know the, the Saints have some injuries on the offensive line, but I, I think that they've got the matchup. I think that their skill position players are about ready to bust out here. Um just think that the Saints defense is, is the difference here. They've held 13 of the last 14 opponents under 20 points, and the Jags 1-10 versus the NFC South here. And a barn burner here, Saints 20, Jacksonville 13. Well, Lee, we just went through a, a plethora of games, but there's so many more this weekend. And, and as yep. we always tell people, look, you can't do this all the time all on your own. You need some help. You've been red hot to start the season. Tell everybody yep. about your free play and where to go to get in touch with you and get some of these good picks. So Kansas City taking on the Chargers. They want to get that game for free. Just call 800-400-9741. We'll give them that game for free. Uh a lot of free videos we have on the website, ParamountSports.com. We didn't even have time to discuss Ohio State, Penn State, Florida State, Duke, many other games, big games going on, college football in the NFL. You want to watch those films? Each film is about uh, two minutes long, each video. So check those out. And if you want to hop on board, our first losing week last weekend in the entire season, and we went 6-8 and eight. every other week. We've been eight and 8-4 or better. We're 53-30-2 on the season. We don't call it October. We call it October. You can get the last two weeks of October through October 31st, Halloween night. You get about 12 to 15 games a week. Works out to about $10 a day, just $157, one place, ParamountSports.com. Love it. ParamountSports.com. Lee Sterling, thanks so much. We'll talk again next week. Sounds good. See you guys. Lee Sterling. Head over to ParamountSports.com. Lock in those winners. It's October. Uh, so you got to do that. Uh, Dusty Baker has penciled in his lineup. It is out. The Astros lineup is out. Jose Atuve will lead it off at second. Mauricio Dubon bats second in center. Alex Bregman in the three-hole plays third. Jordan the DH, the cleanup man. Jose Abreu plays first, bats fifth. Kyle Tucker in right in his sixth spot for the second night in a row. It is Chaz McCormick, not Michael Brantley in left field. Jeremy Pena hits eighth and plays short. And Martin Maldonado does the catching bats ninth. So Altuve, Dubon, Bregman, Alvarez Abreu, Tucker, Chaz Pena, Maldonado with Jose Arquiti on the mound. What's wrong with Dusty's lineup? 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Maybe nothing's wrong with Dusty's lineup. I can tell you one thing that's wrong with living in a house right now, and that's home insurance rates. Home insurance rates are stupid. 30, 40, 50% increases. It's ridiculous, super expensive. We all hate it. How do you stop 
the insanity. Well, I'm about to tell you. So grab your phone right now because you're about to text TGS Insurance Agency. TGS is the fastest growing agency in the Lone Star State. Why? Because they make saving you money fast and easy. I love to have savings. I love it to be fast and I love it to be easy. I don't want to do anything. So their instant quoting system will shop the market for you and deliver you a proposal in 15 seconds. It is fast. You can't afford to wait any longer. The time to save money is right now. Help out your bank accounts. Take the phone, text the word money, M-O-N-E-Y, to 232323. The TGS system will ask for your address. You just send them back your address, and you'll get a proposal with excellent coverage within 15 seconds. It's easy. TGS is winning for people everywhere, from Beaumont to Katy to Cyprus, up the coast to the woodlands, up north where I'm at. TGS customers save Big. Over 35,000 of your neighbors in the area trust TGS. Thousands of five-star reviews, so you know you can trust them as well. It's simple, great, it's fast, even better, it's easy, I love that, and big savings. That's why TGS is the gold standard. Don't be left paying more. Get your savings right now. Just text MONEY to 232323, M-O-N-E-Y. Bank Studios. All right, now, Tuve, Dubon, Bregman, Yordan, Tucker, Chaz, not Brantley, Pena, Maldonado. So Chaz gets the start in left was the question. The question was, if Chaz gets the start in left, what do you do at the top of the order? Dusty's going to keep it the same for the most part, except Dubon is up to that two spot where Brantley was at yesterday. Your immediate reaction to Dusty's lineup ahead of game four tonight? I don't I don't like it. I just don't like it. I know what Doobie's capable of doing. I know what Doobie's done. But Doobie's fine down at the bottom part of the lineup, which kind of gives a little extra electricity to the bottom half of the lineup and can be kind of like a situation starter. I don't like him in the two hole. I just didn't like messing with what worked last night. I get it that it's a lefty. I get it. Brantley might not be the same kind of hitter, but there's no reason to to turn your back on Michael Brantley late in the season and into the postseason, the way he's played. I hope it works. I hope Dusty continues to push all the right buttons. I just don't think I'd have pushed it this far. I, I really don't have a problem with it. Um, I, I would have went with the same lineup I used yesterday, or the Dusty used yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew that Chaz was definitely a possibility and left against a lefty. And I don't think that the Astros are still comfortable playing Brantley back-to-back days. Now, you had another lefty on the mound tomorrow with Jordan Montgomery. I, I do think, though... Like, if you're leading in this game, then you're just going to leave the lineup what it is because it's your better defensive lineup. Like, Chaz came in defensively for Brantley yesterday in the ninth inning. So if you get out to an early lead, you're not even thinking about pinch hitting. You're, you're going to roll with the lineup that you have. You have your best defensive outfield out there. So if you're leading this game, Dusty's not going to do a whole lot of tinkering. I do believe that if you trail in this game at any point, it could be the third inning, and a righty, like they, they go to Dane Dunning or they go to their bullpen. You know, Andrew Heaney's out of the game after two. Uh, Dunning's in, in the third or fourth inning. The moment that a righty's on the mound and the Astros are trailing in this game, I think that Brantley is going to pinch hit for Chaz McCormick. I think that Dusty's going to play the matchup game if they're trailing in the moment that there's a righty in the game. So if that's the way that Dusty plays it, I can totally understand that because Chaz hits lefties better than Brantley does. Chaz is a better defender. Um, and if you're trailing in the third or fourth inning, you got to pull the trigger quickly uh, to go to Brantley if there's a righty on the mound. So I, I'm, I'm actually good with this lineup from Dusty Baker. You like Doobie in the two? Yeah, against lefties. Like, Dubon crushes lefties. And again, contact plays here. Now, Dubon's not the 
greatest on-base guy because, you know, he doesn't draw a ton of walks because he likes to swing, and whenever he swings, he touches the baseball. But against lefties, he's a really good hitter. Uh, people don't realize how good Dubon's numbers are against left-handed pitching. Now, we expect to see a lot of pitching today, but something that Dubon does well is contact. So I, I don't I don't dislike Dubon a whole lot in the two-spot. If I knew that Chaz was going to play over Brantley, I probably would have just moved everybody up a spot and then had Dubon like after Tucker or after Chaz, but I don't I don't dislike it. Yeah, my my big feeling is is just that you got the the guys in the top five top six in your lineup for a reason, or the top five in your lineup if Brantley's not in it, and you know that these are your guys that have been there all year. They have power. Um, they have the they have good plate discipline. I just think that for what Doobie did in Minnesota and then what he carried over and did last night. Doobie deserves to be in the lineup. There's no question. I, I do question Chaz being in it because I've said that I think he looks kind of lost at the plate right now. But if you're going to do that, I would have Dubon and Chaz at the bottom of the lineup. I wouldn't have touched. Uh, I wouldn't have touched messing with the the rest of the first ha- top half of the lineup. The thing too with Heaney is he's not going to like blow you away with his stuff. So it's kind of like a decent matchup for Chaz, right? Like Chaz's numbers against uh, Heaney, they they aren't fantastic. Two for seven with four strikeouts, not fantastic. Brantley's three for twelve with thirteen or three strikeouts, also not fantastic um but this might be the, this might be one at bat like it could literally be one at bat where Chaz faces he the first time through the lineup if the Astros are trailing three to two in the fourth and Dane Dunning's into the game and you have a runner at second with two outs and Chaz's spots coming up I, I could see Dusty Baker pulling the trigger and going with Brantley over Chaz in that spot I think he's going to play the matchup game if they trail so we might be you know going nuts here with Brantley being out of line for literally one at bat like so to me not really worth fighting, like worth fighting that battle. And also, like, even if Brantley was in the lineup, I didn't love the idea of him batting second against the lefty. Like, you want to try to maximize Brantley's at bats against righties. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this. I, I really am. 713 780 ESPN. Let's see what the listeners think. HRP listener line 713 780 3776. Caleb, you're in the high. What's going on, Caleb? Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Listen, I've had an issue with Dusty Baker's making a lineup all season, but listen, I've held my tongue until we're here in the playoffs now. We've got to put our best offensive lineup uh, in the roster. I mean, what what is Yiner Diaz doing on the bench, guys? Yeah. He's such a better hitter than Martin Maldonado, and I know it's hard to say after what Maldi did last night, but guys, can we please get our best offensive lineup uh, put, you know, starting, and then once we get out to a lead, then we can put guys like Maldi and we can put guys like Chaz in that are better defenders than, say, a Brantley, say, Yiner Diaz. Let's get out to a lead early and then and then put our defensive guys in. How about that? Appreciate the call, Caleb. How about that? Uh, how about no? How about the fact that Yiner and what he's shown you in the playoffs, as much as he's your catcher of the future, he's not your catcher of right now, and, he, and he's not a guy that looks like he's comfortable at the play. We talk about Chaz. I'm talking about how uncomfortable Chaz looks and how he's pressing. Yiner's looked awful at the plate, and I don't think right now is the time to tinker. I think that when you talk about, if you want to talk about the theory that you brought up and you want to ride your offense, then we both agreed that, you know, the, the lineup you used last night would have been the lineup to continue with the with the offense. Yes, you're going up against the lefty, so that may change some things, but if you're just looking for pure offense, Brantley should be in the lineup. If you're looking for pure at-bats, look, the only thing that you would, we would tinker with if you want to talk Maldi over Yiner is, you're going to have to play him a catcher then, and you're not going to do that. I, I just don't think that you're going to mess with, especially when you hear Dusty in every interview and every comment where he makes sure, even if he's talking pitching or whatever he's talking about, he mentions Maldi. 
Maldi wasn't going anywhere anyway, and we told you that. But now that he's getting hits, too, and everybody's focusing on what he's done with the pitching staff, he's not going to come out of the lineup. Yeah, more realistic conversation is, are you even pinch hitting for Martin Maldonado with Yiner Diaz at any point of the games? Because Yiner has looked lost at the plate. Now, some of that probably, you know, repetition, but he's not getting those reps. I don't think he's really suited uh, to get some critical, like, clutch at bats late in games and Maldonado came through like he had a couple of hits yesterday came through in a big spot with two outs uh, runners at second and third so that ship is sailed and then you're not going to bring Martin Maldonado in as a defensive replacement late because the value of Martin Maldonado is guiding the starters, starters through the yeah. game and the starters have been good so mm-hmm. like you know the conversation in the regular season catcher ERA that sort of thing the starters <laughs> have been good except for Fromber so you have to give Martin Maldonado some credit there and then the other point like well your best offense is with with Michael Brantley in it not against lefties. Chas McCormick's OPS against lefties this year is over a thousand. Michael Brantley six oh six. So like, if you had one at bat against a lefty in the second inning, Chas McCormick is a better option than Michael Brantley. Now four at bats for the entire game with a bullpen day. I can see your point with Brantley, but I believe that if the Astros are trailing in the third, fourth, fifth inning, Chaz's spot comes up and Dan Dunning is into the game. Dane Dunning's into the game, or another righty's in the game. I trust that Dusty's going to pinch hit in that spot. Well, I like the fact that, and that's when I saw the lineup, the first thing I thought about was at least Brantley gives him a good stick coming off the bench if he does get, if they do go to a righty later. And that's a, a good thing to have if you're Dusty because you're looking from the Yiner perspective. I'm curious, would you go Singleton over, over Yiner in a pinch hit role if there was an opportunity where he needed a big, a big at bat or a big bopper at bat? Uh, because I know that uh, Ravich and, and Eduardo Perez were leaning. Uh, Singleton the other the last time they went to to Yiner to pinch hit for Maldi and I'm like geez I I mean I'd still go at that point I would still go Yiner and Yiner had an awful at bat but I just don't know that John Singleton is going to see the field here 7925 brings up a good point and this is actually something I thought of whenever I saw the ALCS roster um, he says he, he Dusty can't do the matchup game because who comes in if there's an outfield injury we have Big boy on the bench instead of Myers. It's it's a really good point. Seven nine two five. I kind of thought of that whenever I saw the roster. Like, why are you keeping a backup first baseman who has zero positional flexibility over a guy who can at least be an emergency outfielder with speed? Now, you might be right. Seven nine two five. I still think he can do the matchup game. Now, it might have to wait until Jose Arquidi's out of the game, though, because you can burn the DH. You know, you can burn Jordan. You wouldn't be burning Jordan Alvarez. You would be burning whoever's the injured player. But Jordan Alvarez, if there's an injury in the outfield, if you pull Chaz McCormick early in the scenarios we're talking about, third, fourth, fifth inning against a righty trailing in the game, Michael Brantley pinch hits for Chaz McCormick, so he's burned. Now there's an injury in the outfield. Michael Brantley needs fifth shoulder surgery. What do you do then? You pull, you put Jordan Alvarez in left field, and you burn the DH. Now, you might have to wait to play the matchup game until Jose Arquiti's out, though, so it's a good point, Seven nine two five. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, I think that... You know, to the, to the question that I asked you, I, I just I don't. See, I'm curious your thought on would you do you think that he would he would consider a situation now where Singleton would have the opportunity to kind of jump Yiner if he needed one big uh, hit? I don't think he would pinch in for Maldi. I, I think he's to the point now where Maldi came through yesterday, where he's just going to trust Maldi. I don't. I I think so now. We're assuming that Brantley's used in this scenario already because if Brantley's still on the bench, oh, then Brantley's obvious. the call. Yeah, it's obvious. But if he needs another hit, say we're in a tight game, we're getting there to, you know, late game, extra rating type game, or a, a late in the game, and, and you know how he's always talking about, I needed that one big hit. I needed that yeah. one big home run. 
based on what I saw out of Yiner Diaz, do you keep rolling it, rolling with him, thinking yeah. that he's going to snap out of it, Over. or do you think Singleton? I I would still ride Yiner. I think I would too. I mean, that's kind of like that's a desperate measure calls for you know desperate times call for desperate, mm-hmm. desperate measures in that spot. If my option is Yiner or Singleton, I'm I'm going Yiner. Yeah, I, I think I, I think he's more talented. Yeah, look, I think that, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, great story for John Singleton to hit the two home runs in one game. But since then, we haven't seen a whole lot of power. And and there were at-bats early where I saw plate discipline. The time to try and hope it's still there is not the American League Championship Series. It's 8693, you guys going to have Callis on tomorrow. No, we're going to have him on in 30 minutes. Uh, Todd Callis will be joining us in 30 minutes. Before we get to Bad Take Boulevard in three minutes, let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Uh, Dave's been holding a while. Dave, you're in the hive with the bees. What's on your mind, Dave? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Hey, I might be beating a dead horse here, but I'd like to know what you guys think. We all know that uh, Jeremy Pena did uh, had an outstanding rookie year um, this year. He's just not putting up the numbers like he was. Do you really think that the two spot has a big effect on his performance at the plate? And um, uh, I don't know. I see when Dusty puts him in, it seems like he seems to do better. I don't know. Maybe that's some sort of... Mm-hmm. Um, mental game that he has to play there. Um, but other than that, just kind of get your feedback on that. I'll hang up and listen. I, I'm not I, I, Jeremy Pena to me. You, I, I heard Granado bring it up. I heard, I heard the uh, beard go with it as a possibility that he liked about taking Pena out of the lineup and putting Dubon at shortstop, which I think is just crazy. It's ludicrous because of how much Jeremy Pena can do for you defensively. Pena got a knock last night. Pena doesn't look like the same player. and It's hard to even say that he was in the playoffs a year ago. But he just doesn't look like he, he's all that comfortable at the plate either, and he's not been getting the – I'm not going to put Jeremy Pena suddenly in the two-hole and hope that that comfort level of being in the two-hole snaps him out of it. In a situation where you're down in a series where all the offense you can muster is going to matter, I think that him figuring it out, similar to what Tucker's doing, bottom of the lineup – yeah. And the fact that he got a knock last night's great. I'm not considering putting him up in the two hole. No, I put I consider putting him in the nine spot before the two hole. I do think that he's comfortable hitting in the second spot. But the biggest thing is that whoever's hitting in front of Jordan Alvarez is going to get pitches to hit. And obviously, he took advantage of that last year. You can't really do that right now because he's not been all that hot. Now, if you want to move him to the nine spot so he has Altuve protection instead of Maldonado protection, uh, I would understand that. But I, I couldn't move Pena up to the two hole uh, with the way that he's riding right now. And Dubon's hot. And Dubon hits left as well. All right, 713-780-ESPN. Bad Take Boulevard. What are the worst takes of the week? If you have some awful takes, make sure you tweet them in or text them in. 713-780-3776. Bad Take Boulevard with the bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. It is never a bad take to work out. You got to take care of your body, right? I finally gotten back into the gym last week. It's been a lot of fun. I feel great. Tons of energy. It's awesome. Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery is helping me out, and I'm excited for this because like many of you, I haven't focused. I haven't prioritized me. I haven't prioritized working out for a while now. That's over. Thanks to Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery. They make it easy because it's a new kind of gym that's perfect for me. It's 100% digital. I love that. I think you'll love it too. I think it'll be perfect for you as well. 24-7 access so I can work out whenever I want, which is great for my busy schedule. I know your schedule is busy too, so you need 24-7 access. I don't like contracts. I don't like hidden fees. I don't
don't like dealing with people. I don't like it when sales calls, you know, come my way. I don't want a gym tour. I just want a place where I can work out. And I can do that with Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery. And I can do it all on the app, too. Every Iron 24 facility has everything you need, whether it's free weights, the machines, cardio, whatever you need, they got it. Also, tons of space. You're not you know, squished up in there. You have plenty of space to spread out, do your thing. Everything you need to do to get a good workout without people bothering you, Iron 24 has got you covered. Also, they'll take care of your post-workout, too. Signature recovery rooms with infrared saunas. You'll love that. You'll feel great. Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery with four locations around Houston. More opening soon. I go to the one in Conroe. There's a couple of Pearland locations, and there's one in Lake Jackson as well. Another great perk, members get universal 24-7 access to any location. So you might belong to one, but you can go to any of them around town. For a limited time, participating Iron 24 locations are offering new member ESPN listeners two weeks free with zero down when they join with the Iron 24 app. Go to iron24.com slash ESPN, iron24.com slash ESPN. Well, the killer bees use them to build an actual street where they can get run over for all eternity. 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 What's that street? Bad Take Boulevard. Oh, Joe was saved from leading off Bad Take Boulevard. We'll get to you in a bit. In a minute, though, the two spots still a good spot to to be in Bad Take Boulevard. But uh, we love Tron, who who called earlier. He's an avid listener to the Killer Bees. But we got to have fun with everybody. We're this segment of all segments. We're equal opportunity haters on Bad Take Boulevard. Anybody and anything can get it on Bad Take Boulevard. I think I, Branham Kid has made Bad Take Boulevard. I think it's we put not, a. Uh, it's not right. I think we put a blind guy on Bad Take Boulevard one time because he couldn't well, see things. We're an equal Willie. opportunity. Willie was bad taker. Yeah, his sight was diminished, but I don't know that he was completely blind. Okay, well, that's good. That makes yeah. me feel a little bit better. Not, not really, but I don't really care either. All right, so Tron called earlier. And I think Tron had two bad takes. I think he had two bad takes. Here was Tron a little bit earlier calling into the bees. Y'all have nailed that on the hammer. <laughs> he said you've you nailed the hammer. He also said we were intelligent. I think that that might have been the bad take from Tron. Y'all but, have uh, nailed that on the hammer. He nailed that on the hammer. He also said he was a chomper. I didn't catch that. Chaz chomper. He was a chomper. The shirt. We, we let that slide. Uh, Joe George. Has made bad take bullet. Where's the Jericho? Does Tron not get the you made the list? You just made there the list. There we go, Tron. There we got to give him the full bad take boulevard treatment. Joe, I hope you have it queued up for you as well. Joe George, hip hip Jorge, has made bad take boulevard. Do you remember Joe George's prediction in the ALCS? Do you remember what he predicted? Astros in five? Astros in five. It's his fault the Astros are Y'all in this predicament. That on the hammer. It's his <laughs> fault. The Astros are in this predicament. <laughs> you just made the list. Jeff George makes the list for picking the Astros in five. How about this look from Shadur Sanders, the son of primetime, mm-hmm. Colorado's quarterback. They were whooping up on Stanford at halftime. They were up 29 to nothing. They would turn around to lose. Do you know what Sanders was doing at halftime? He was posting merchandise links on his Instagram during halftime of a 29 nothing game in which they would – Lose, Lose eventually. This coming off of the you fact just that made the list. He also went into the end zone the game before to show off and advertise the watch yeah. that he had on while in uniform right after the game. Yeah, he's uh, I, I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that this might have been like a scheduled post. I'm going to give him the benefit of the so. doubt on that, but perception's reality. You got to make sure that those scheduled posts aren't in the middle of your game. Like, do a pregame, do a postgame, do it on a day that you're not playing, period. Uh, because you turn around to lose. Even if you don't lose, you're posting merch 
during halftime of a game, a football game, not a good look even if you win. But when you lose, you land on Bad Take Boulevard. take that up with his dad. You I just mean, made coach. the list. I mean, both. It's brutal. Yeah, and you, you wonder if Dion's going to reprimand him. Maybe so. Because they're both market. I mean, he's learning from the best. Dion is a master marketeer. Dion, I mean, Dion is a master marketeer. Now he's got a new book that he's going to be writing in the offseason. He's capitalizing. He is. Joe, did you had one for Bad Take Boulevard? Uh, Chris from Lubbock called in um, to, uh, I almost called it Josh and the Who, to Connor and Beard the other day. He makes the list. What did he do? Because he says that no matter what, we should be rooting for either Texas team. That we have to root for the Rangers mm. if they knock the Astros out of the playoffs. And he would root for the Astros no matter what. Uh, yeah, that's a and bad he's take. a Rangers fan. Hey, that's an awful take. I, I saw Matthew McConaughey. He was doing uh, something with Brad Gilmore. Yeah. And they posted it on social. And uh, they Brad asked, asked him, he's like, who are you rooting for? You're a Texas guy. He's like, well, I do stuff with Texas now. I used to grow up going to Astro games, but now because I'm, you know, kind of you know, doing this charitable stuff with the Rangers, uh, that the Rangers are the team I'm pulling for. But I always pull for any Texas team over a team from outside the state, which I, f- I think is a bad take. Like, do you think Texas Longhorn fans ever nope. pull for the Aggies? Mm-mm. Ever? At all? They shouldn't? Yeah, like, I uh, I, I understand. And like, McConaughey's probably, hey, I'm a Texas guy. I'm doing, you know, this interview with a guy from Houston. Probably playing it, like, right down playing the, the middle. Probably, probably playing the crowd here. So I'm hoping, for his sake, that this was not a legitimate take. But you can't, you can't root for rivals, even though they're in your state. Let me think about it in every you sport. You just made the list. Texans fans don't root for the Cowboys if they're out. I mean, Rockets aren't rooting for the Spurs or the Mavs if they're out. Colleges, you mentioned A&M, Texas, U of H, none of them are rooting for the others if they're not participating in something. You don't root for the Rangers. In fact, your second favorite team's usually the team that's playing your rival that week, regardless yeah, of who right. it is. And you know what you do? You're indifferent or you don't watch the World Series because your team's not in it, but you're not rooting for the Rangers. Yeah. Um, did you see the fight before the game the other day in the NFL, San Francisco and Cleveland? Which one? There was I should have San Francisco Cleveland. Well, I know. Well, well there, were fan, to it. there were fan <laughs> fights. Slow on the there were lots of fights <laughs> lately. I was, like, I was like, literally, about, as I was saying it, you beat me to it. <laughs> so, yeah, there was the, the fight. that on the hammer. Yeah, you did. You nailed that one right there on the hammer there. Joe George, hip, hip, or hey. Uh, anyways, they got into a fight. San Francisco Cleveland, a little bit of a scrum. Trent Williams, like, took out a dude. Like, don't ever get into a fight with Trent Williams. It's probably the Scary one guy dude. in the NFL that I would at least want to fight. Does he? Yeah. Well, he's he's a heck of a football player. He's a mean son of a gun, and he is uh, he's very, very strong. Yeah. Anyways, they got into the scrum. It was during the pregame. It was before kickoff, and the Fox pregame show started to talk about it. Here's what they said. All the time. Jimmy, this when you got a team that you should dominate, does that fire them up? Hey, this is the worst thing that could happen for Cleveland. Don't what, poke what, the bear. Don't poke the What happened? What happened in that Cleveland game? Cleveland upset San Francisco. Jimmy Johnson, Golden Triangle, Texas boy. Jimmy Johnson makes the list. Those yeah. shows can make the list. You Let's like get some people them. under 70 on them, and what? like maybe they'll be better to watch. Look, I love Lee Corso in his prime. He was funny. He, was, he, had, he had charisma. You were around and, for that, huh? Okay. <laughs> but at the same time, Lee Corso is about five years past five? I'm, I'm trying to be nice, <laughs> but see, Lee, but he's I, still he's five years past being still on national he's, TV. He's like five years past, twenty years past. His I'm fine with Lee Corso. Like he he's really just there for the gimmick at the end. He really Pretty doesn't good. contribute that much. Herb Street and like McAfee kind of carry him through everything. Mm-hmm. But these guys, Jimmy Johnson and Teddy, like Terry, 
Like, Terry's been pretty rough this year, They're too. all bad. They're all bad. I don't watch the pregame shows. I can't anymore. I used to be. I would watch yeah. them always, but I'm just I'm completely out now. I don't flip on the TV till noon, honestly. Like I'll, that's where I don't, I'm, no, I don't that's watch any of the now. pregame stuff. Like I'll browse, like click Twitter, all that stuff, but I, I don't watch any of the pregame stuff. Um, Gambling Gauchos. It's a Texas Tech fan site, I think. They tweeted Thursday night when the Mountaineers were playing the greatest institution in America, the University of Houston. What a drive by West Virginia. The streak is alive. No newcomers defeated a legacy Big 12 school. You know what happened? Yeah. The comeback in the Hail Mary. You know what happened? A little Hail Mary action for the win. First, first new Big 12 school to defeat a legacy Big 12 school. So gambling gauchos, you make the list. You just made the list. How do you feel about sign stealing in college football? Sign stealing in college football, a little different than in baseball. I'm curious if you know how the the extent of it yeah. and how they're doing what they're doing. If it's patriotesque, patriotesque, uh-huh. then there could be some problems. But I mean, I'm pro sign stealing until you break rules. Like if you're sign stealing and it's it's not like it's legal, whatever. Like that's it's within the rules. Like that's just trying to gain an edge. It's trying to win. Michigan's been accused of sign stealing. Where Michigan went wrong and where they're going to get in trouble, they had. In-person scouting off-campus of future opponents. Strictly prohibited by NCAA rule. So Michigan had scouts yes. going to other teams' games, like Indiana-Michigan State. And they were there on site, which is illegal. Why is that illegal, though? Because it just is. I don't know. Because, you know, the pro probably game, for that this. Has, in all the pro sports, that's, that's like the norm. Yeah, this is uh yeah, it is the norm. But yeah. this it's illegal in college football. I don't know the rationale. It's probably something to do with scouting, maybe maybe it probably has something to do with finances too. Like where if you're Michigan, you have all the resources, you can send all these scouts That's to true. every single game. And if you're a poor school in the Big Ten, you probably aren't. So it's curious. probably a way to level the playing field. I mean, they have a title for it. It's advanced scouts. The advanced yeah. scouts go in all the big yeah. three sports and they go and they make sure that you get a full scouting report on your next opponent. I bet it's because of the money. Maybe. Because they don't want the blue bloods to have have this even bigger advantage than like some of these group of five schools. So anyways, Michigan's been accused of that. Michigan not following the rules, which seems to be, you know, this moral cop Jim Harbaugh's MO, cheating. Yeah, he's going to be in the NFL breaking next year. rules. Well, how about Jimmy? I mean, the other thing is too when they do their uh out of season, what is it? Do they call it their out of season practices trip and they go to Italy. The whole freaking team, all 90 guys in the staff and everything, they'll go to Italy for like 2 weeks. Man. That's a hell of an off-season practice schedule. Yeah, I think this is the end of Harbaugh in the in the college football. So it's a good call. Like it's same thing that like Pete Carroll did, right? Like instead, yeah, he of broke he gets the, in trouble. He broke he the rules the until like until his team got screwed. Yeah, and he left them behind. It's not a bad. I mean, it's selfish, but it's not terrible strategy. It's like, not go make tons of money from this blue blood college football program, and then the moment that you're about to get in trouble, go make a ton of more money in the NFL. I'll just preemptively like give myself an opportunity to be on the list in the future. Please don't hire him, Chicago. Please don't. Oh, That'd be weird. former please, bear. Please, nice little homecoming. Please don't. How does the grass at Soldier Field taste? Um, I come down to that. It's pretty bad. How about how about the how about the flip side of it? If he leaves, is that a destination for Deion Sanders? Oh. <laughs> There you go. That's well, the see, bigger program. See, that's it, the, nat- but it, that's the national prominence. But that's the, the kind of. But the problem is, is like with Dion. He, I think he's smart enough yeah. to know not to take over a program yeah. that's going to be probably. If this is all true, he's going to get heavily with sanctions. Yeah, they get slapped oh, on the wrist. True. They get slapped on the wrist these days, though. Let's but also, the NCAA can't keep them out of the college football playoff. I guess it's not. It's not like. Um, and as basketball. well as he recruits, being able to get him to go to Michigan with that kind of history and what they've done recently too. 
Deion could roll at Michigan. Sure. Yeah, that'd be interesting. All right, BZ Money. We've been handing out winners in the NFL. We're up over uh, – we, our ROI is over 100%. We've been on a roll. We're red hot. We're handing out winners left and right. And we do it next. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Head over to Little Woodrow's. Catch the game tonight. There's baseball going on right now. If you're getting off work right now, you probably are right there in that window. Head to Little Woodrow's. Catch some NLCS action before some ALCS action tonight. Little Woodrow's has game days covered better than anyone else. It's my favorite sports bar in Houston. I'm there at least once a week. It's also your spot, your spot to catch the Strohs in the playoffs, especially the Edo location, especially when the Astros are playing in Houston. Hopefully they get back here. Within walking distance of Minute Maid Park, big parties before the game, during the game, and after the game, too. Large patios with HD TVs, jumbotrons with all the sports you want to watch, and never a bad seat in the house. Fall weather's here. Postseason baseball's here. Football is going on nearly every day. Football action tonight, too, especially if you're a New Orleans fan. It's Woodrow's season. Little Woodrow's is a casual backyard bar that you can find all over H-Town. Game day bucket specials, daily drink specials, great food. Whether it's a location with a kitchen or a spot with food trucks, it's all fantastic. Good times and colder beer. Local bites at Southern Hospitality at its finest. Make Little Woodrow's your happy hour spot, your game day location, or where you relax on the patio with good drinks and good company, and it's pet-friendly. Three new locations coming soon. Sugarland, Webster, New One, and Edo. Little Woodrow's, where sports come alive and good times never end. We've been crushing it on BZ Money. Tons of money have been made by the Killer Bees. To the tune of $1,060. We started out with $1,000 of Mr. Gow's money. We've more than doubled it. Our ROI is over 100%. We were 3-2 and two last week. But we won our big money games. We won thirty five bucks last week to get us to over a thousand on the year. We're twenty one eight and one on the season, killing it. Are the killer bees? So when we Dog speak, nailed that on the hammer. Yeah, that's right. We 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 nail hammers. That's what we do. All right, Blankers, what's the first game you want to uh, sell that we're going to play on BZ Money? Maybe play. You guys know. Yeah, you last shut me down twice last week. Uh, Was it twice? Yeah. You guys know that I don't. <laughs> I like staying away from the Packer game. Joe's shaking his head. And no. you guys, yeah, Jeremy shut me down on both games. I thought it was one. No, no, no but you agreed with me, so yeah. we went with second. And we lost. Oh, good. Um, I think we. I think you won the game we shut you down on, yeah. though. I stay away from the Packers. I don't like it, but in this case, I love it. Packers going to Denver, and Sean Payton realizes what we all already knew, which is Russell Wilson's really bad, and now they're shedding all the veterans and trying to shed salary, and Sean Payton's going to try and do the quick reverse to try and get into the the quarterback lottery and try and get a quarterback in the draft. Uh, Look, I think they're mailing it in. I think they're going to try and and press the reset button as quickly as possible. Packers defense, as bad as their coordinator is, has a lot of talent, and I think that getting a a healthier offense for the Packers is going to be enough. One point on the road, I like the Packers. Um, let's see what I had in this game with the Branham model set in this one. I have Green Bay. This is I didn't touch this game. I didn't touch this game, but I have Green Bay winning by three. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool with a uh, a small money bet. Like I'm cool. I'm cool betting against Denver. Like week in week out. I like to try to batter teams that aren't very good. We'll see examples of that here in a little bit. I have no problem playing a little bit a little bit on this game. I'm good with a 25. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. I just think Sean Payton's pulling the plug. I mean, he, he might saw, be. They're getting rid of Frank Clark and um, what's his name from that used to be the Cowboy that went to oh, Gregory. Yeah, Gregory. And 
I think he's getting growing even more frustrated with every passing game with Russell you know, Wilson. I think he wants Caleb Williams. That's what like, I'm saying. I really believe that. There's videos with him with Colin Coward two years ago, or whenever, I guess it was no, last year. It was last year. Last year before it was he got last hired. year. He was t- he, he's the one who told Colin Cowherd that teams would tank for Caleb Williams. He suggested a lottery. Fast, yeah, he suggested a lottery for Caleb Williams. Fast forward less than 12 months, and lo and behold, Sean Payton's tanking for Caleb There's no Williams. Well, you ain't going to get him. <laughs> I mean, I mentioned though, I know you want him, Joe, and you're, 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 I thought you gave, I thought you divorced the Bears. We're, we're, we're just on a separation agreement uh, for the foreseeable you guys are, future. You guys are seeing other people. We'll, but, we'll see each yeah. other at the draft. Okay. They're not speaking to each other I, at the I, that's moment. That's why I said, you know, he wants to get in the lottery. Obviously, he'd take Drake May. But he's got his eyes on Caleb Williams. There's no doubt. All right, we got that one down. We're betting $25 on Green Bay, uh, minus a point on the road against Denver. First one that I'm going to sell is Vegas at Chicago. Hmm. Uh, Vegas, it, they're giving three points to the Bears. They're not with. They're, they're without their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Bears are also going to be without their quarterback, Bill. starting for the Raiders? Is, yeah, who is starting for the Raiders? Probably Hoyer, right? They said it might be O'Connell. Even better. I don't care who starts for the Raiders. Well, we're taking going, the Bears? No, 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 no. Oh. I don't care who starts for the Raiders because they're going to pound the Bears in Chicago. Well, who's starting for the Bears? Bagnet. He's Badgent. Badgent. Badgent is bad int, and the Raiders are going to roll. I don't care it's a road game. I don't care that Jimmy G is hurt. The Raiders are going to kill the Bears with their backup quarterback in an offense that's built for fields. Give me the Raiders, even given three points on the road. They're going to kill them. I think this is this this entire game sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I think it's gonna. I, I think whether we watch the anthem or not, no one should be subjected to having to watch what happens after the anthem. But I mean, I, I could. I think the Raiders are a better football team than the Bears. X. So I, I have no problem going with the Raiders. I'm out. I, it, we might be on a separation agreement, but I will not choose uh, a team against the Bears. So just out of like principle, or principle. you feel good about the Bears? Wow. No, we're gonna overrule that. Twenty five bucks. Yeah. All right, twenty five dollars on that. All right, Joe, what you got? Uh, like I, I think the Tyrod Taylor experiment is going to be a disaster for the Giants. They lost another offensive lineman. They're playing guys literally off the street. The Giants are not good. I like Washington football team minus two and a half on the road against the Giants. I just call them the Washington football team. That's the wrong name. It's the Commanders. They're the Commies. Yeah. Um, well, it says WFT on here, so that's I why still I, just... I still call them the football team. Okay, fair. Uh, I like the football team minus two and a half on the road against the Giants. Sam Howell can ball. Like I, I like the way that offense looks. Tyrod had, had to... him in the game against Buffalo. Yeah, I think that might say more about Buffalo. I don't. I think Buffalo is playing not good football. So I, I'm here, at Washington minus two and a half on the road. The only thing I like is Daniel Jones playing. No, he's just tired. Oh, that's right. I think it's Tyrod right. Tyro again. Yeah. Uh, I don't like anything about the Giants. I think that the Washington football team has some talent. Unfortunately, if you're a Washington fan, I don't know many that are, they're trying to dump out of contracts right now, too, and they're looking to, to, to press the reset yet again. But I think that Howell's got some talent. I think Washington's got more talent than the Giants. The only thing I worry about is at home in New York, but I I would take Washington. I don't like this game at all, quite frankly. Weird things happen in the NFC East. The Commanders, I don't think, are very good. Like, Sam Howell's had some decent performances. He's had some duds. Like, they lost by 20 points to the Bears. Like, that's not a team that I, I can trust, especially really on the road. Game. Like, this to me is a huge fade. Like, I, I don't like it. I don't like playing and this one. That's fine. I mean, he was the deciding vote, right? So, wait, we're good. Are you in? No, uh, I, I, my no, vote doesn't Joel, count. Joel, where are you at? Yeah, I said I'd be fine with it. All right, another 25. Disgusting. All right, what's your second game, Blankers? My second game is the get-right game for the Niners. I just think we're talking about another team, and you were talking about bad teams and pouncing on them. Minnesota's a bad football team, and Justin Jefferson's not going to play. 
And they're talking about shopping Kirk Cousins, even though he has a no trade. And I think they're trying to press the reset button as well and get into the quarterback discussions in the draft because they are going to move on from Kirk Cousins at the end of the year. And I think the Niners are going to kind of reset. They're going to be pissed off about what happened last week. And they're going to send a message. And and just giving seven points to the Vikings at home doesn't seem to be enough for me. I think the Niners can win this game by double digits. I think that you're being a little unfair to the Vikings. Now, losing Jefferson's massive, and I do like the fact that the Niners lost last week. I think that will be a get-right game. Seven's a lot, especially on the road, and Minnesota's been in every single football game. They've lost every single foot. Like, they're two and four. Every game that they've lost has been a one-possession game. So they're the opposite of last year when they won all those? Yeah. So, like, I'm okay. I'm... I didn't. I stayed away from this game. I'm okay dabbling a little. I, I'm a little. I'm a little scared of the number and Minnesota's ability to keep games close. Now the Jefferson factor is massive. Jefferson. I'm good with San Francisco in this game. I think they win it by ten. So for me, it's like I would say like a thirty-five. I like a quarter. Uh, well, yeah, we'll go a quarter again. We're going to go light on the dollars. This is to make sure we pad our stats. Yeah, I'm going to go a quarter. Don't on give that it back. Don't, don't give it all back too quick. All right, I, I'm usually an advocate for not playing the road favorites, and I'm going to pitch another road favorite to all of you guys. I, I want to beat up on bad teams. I want to expose and make money off teams I think are terrible. You know who I think is terrible? The Patriots. They are awful. One of the worst rosters in the NFL. Kraft is talking about firing Belichick. The Patriots' offense is the worst in the league in terms of like score percentage. Thank you, Bill O'Brien. I, I know it's a big number. I know it's on the road. I know the Patriots are pretty good against Buffalo at home, but this isn't your dad's Patriots team. I think Buffalo wins this game by 17 points, honestly. They're giving 8.5. Give me Buffalo minus 8.5 on the road against New England. Uh, Joe said Buffalo's not very good. They're better than the Patriots. I, I think, think they're 17 points I don't, I don't than think the Buffalo's played great football, but like, I, but I like them in this game because I think the Patriots are off. I like them in the game. I don't like the number a lot. I mean, but you're right. No, the, the, Patriots, the, the, the Patriots are, are really, they're really bad. And whether you know Bill O'Brien was supposed to save the day, and he ain't saving anything. Mac Jones ain't needs to save his job, and I don't know that how many more weeks they're going to keep doing that. I like Buffalo to win the football game. I'll let you guys duke this one out on if we take it or not. Because I think eight and a half is a lot of points. I'm Patriots, good with it. They stink. Just keep rolling twenty five. That's fine. Twenty five. Somebody texted in and said never bet cousins in prime time. Good point. We didn't. We went against uh, cousins. All right. What's your Good last one. game? I believe in Detroit. I don't believe in Baltimore. I like Detroit plus three on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. I think they win this game. I think worst case, it's going to hit right on the number and be a push. But like, I, I like Detroit plus three in this one. I this, think they went out right. This was another game I did not touch. I, I didn't bet, really I didn't, like. I didn't bet many games this week. I didn't, I didn't like, like a lot of the games this weekend. I, I feel like the numbers right on a lot of these. I, I didn't like this game. Like Baltimore minus three against Detroit. I think it's a three point game either way. This is one that I didn't. I just didn't feel good about. Period. I, I don't like it. Uh, okay. Well, do you like it or not? <laughs> I, I mean, to me, I said I'd let you. I'm gonna. We're talking about the Detroit Baltimore game. Yeah, we can just pass on this one. Yeah, I, I think Detroit's going to win the football game, but Baltimore's heckle and jide, uh, Jekyll and Hyde to me. Baltimore's a team that is supposed to be a lot better than they are, but just when you get, decide to turn your back on them, Lamar Jackson and company show up, and right. he he starts running the football a little bit more, and they start doing some things. So I'm I'm fine staying away from it. I, I think I think Detroit's a good team, but on the road, Baltimore, good defense, good home environment. I'll stay away from it. We're not playing that one, Joe. Sorry. You can play that one on your own. We're passing on Detroit. 713-780-3776. The TV voice of the Houston Astros, Todd Callis, joins us ahead of Game 4 of the ALCS. Killer Breeze, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.